This morning I want to talk about something that we all deal with, that we all face, and it's called shame. If you are a human, uh, you've dealt with it and you know it well. But this morning what I want to share with you is that although you cannot avoid shame, you will deal with it. How you respond to it will decide the trajectory of your life. It will decide your relationship with the Lord. It will decide your relationship with other people. It will decide eternal life. Shame is something that we all deal with. And as the Lord oftentimes does, um, when I'm preparing to share a message, a message that he's given me, he often allows me to walk through things that kind of give me some insight into what I'm about to be sharing. When we talk about shame, it's something that we feel whenever we miss the mark, whenever we miss a standard, and that can be a standard that's set by God, it can be a standard that's set by us personally, or it can be a standard that others have set. But whenever we miss something that we are expected to hit, in comes this shame. But again, how we deal with it will decide what our future looks like. So uh, this morning, I felt shame. The Lord wanted to, to give me a reminder about what it's all about so that I could share that with you this morning. So um, this morning, my alarm went off at 5.30. I, uh, Sunday mornings, I get up at 5.30, and it gives me time that I can kind of move slowly. Uh, you know, as I'm preparing to speak and so on, I don't want to be rushing around. I want to be moving slowly because I want to be able to hear from the Lord. So normally, I, I get up and uh, feed my animals, come up here, turn the lights on, and everything's kind of quiet. Nobody else is moving around, and, and it's a real quiet time. So when my alarm went off, I just kind of laid there for a second, because again, I'm not like, you know, ru rushing up, you know, going after things. Well, as I laid there, apparently I fell back asleep. I didn't know that because I was asleep. And I woke back up and I thought, oh, I've probably been asleep for a minute. I'll just get up. And I looked at my alarm clock and it said a little after 6.30. And in that moment, it hit me, huh. I'm supposed to be at a leadership prayer meeting at the church at 6.30. Overcomes the shame. And in that moment, what did I do? Immediately, immediately, my mind went to blaming. Well, those suckers, it was supposed to be last week. If they would just do it when it's supposed to be, instead of changing it around all the time, I would have been there. And then I started thinking about the individuals and how they're going to be saying things to me. And I started thinking, well, I'm going to remind them about this, this, and this when they messed up. And sure enough, you know, after a little bit, I start getting the text messages. Are you okay? Are you in a ditch somewhere? Are you dead? I'm fine. And then you got the others who, you, you know, you want to give the one word response because you're feeling the shame. You don't want to deal with it. The one word response isn't enough for them. Well, what, what's happening? What's going on? And of course, they're actually just trying to love you. But because you're feeling shame, it feels like you got a knife in you and they're twisting. <laughs> but here's the thing. The reality is I failed to meet the standard. 
What am I going to do with that? Am I going to own up to it and simply ask forgiveness and look for ways that I can do it differently? Or am I going to blame? Am I going to try to shut people out? Because that's the place that I can go to. And the thing is, hear this clearly. This is what the enemy wants you to do with the Lord. You will miss the mark. Scripture declares, all have sinned. All have sinned. And even if you have the Holy Spirit within you, you are able to walk free of sin, but let me tell you, you will give in at times. You will miss the mark. So what are you going to do at that time? Well, here's what the enemy wants you to do, because you are going to feel some shame. It's part of the the curse that we're under. It's part of the whole sin thing. You're going to feel the shame. But here's what you need to know. The shame is going to cause you to want to hide, to want to cover. And and God has provided a covering. That's what we're going to go to, okay? That's where we're going to get to. And His covering is really good. But you're going to want to provide a cover, and that cover usually looks like darkness. You want to go into a hole somewhere, and you want to shut everybody else out. But what you need to know, in that darkness, you will die. And so God wants to provide a different covering for you. But how do, we, how do we do that? How do we get rid of the covering that the enemy wants to give us, which is darkness and separation, and how do we embrace the covering that God wants to give us? That's what I want to look at this morning. Um, I want to go to the book of Genesis. Familiar account, um, Adam and Eve, right at the very beginning. And we're going to look at how um, sin entered the picture at the very beginning. And we're going to look at what happens at that point. So I'm going to start off with the last verse in chapter 2. And then we're going to move into chapter 3. Because in chapter 2, Adam and Eve have not yet sinned. So they don't yet feel shame. They don't know what it is. They don't know what it is to feel separated. All they know is they feel fellowship and unity with the Lord. And again, that is available for you today. I want you to know that. But you have to understand the way that you walk into that. Because unlike them prior to this, you know what shame is. So in verse 25, it says, Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Shame is such a part of our life that, that again, we we use clothes to cover up, okay? Because it's, it's such a part of us. I mean, it's a part of our very being is to try and cover ourselves. And again, covering can be really good because covering is meant to protect, all right? Uh, my daughter this morning was saying, oh, it's cold in here. And of course, she has pants with a big holes across the front. It's like, gee, if you wore pants that didn't have holes in it and you actually had a covering, maybe you wouldn't be cold, okay? So covering helps keeps us warm. It protects us from the elements. Covering is good, but it's such a natural part of our life. But most coverings keep things out, okay? 
But the covering that the enemy wants to give you will keep the Lord and others out. And it's going to keep the love from the Lord that you need. It's going to keep the love from others that you need. I mean, it feels good in the moment because it's like, okay, you know, your instinct says, I need to cover up. I need to create some distance. But the thing is, we need the Lord. Adam and Eve are going to find out what that's about very shortly. Flipping over to chapter 3. I want to read through some of this. And again, we're, we're focusing, us on this, focusing on this shame thing. That's what I'm focusing on in the midst of this. Because there's a lot of things we could talk about. But this is what we're going to focus on. So it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say to you, Say, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. So the enemy is trying to lure her into something. And the enemy does that with us all the time. He tries to lure us into something. Okay, so verse 2, Of course we may eat from the fruit, the, from, eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now again, they don't really understand a lot of this. And that ha that's how it is for a lot of things in life that God gives us direction on. We don't always understand it. We're like, well, why can't I do that? It looks really appealing. Why can't I do that? And we're not always told why. Because part of the relationship that we have with the Lord is, is that He's the Creator. We're the created. And He wants us to trust Him. But if you're like me, sometimes you've got to learn the hard way, right? you got to try it out and see what happens. Well, guess what? I inherited it honestly. Our ancestors were the same way. Because we're going to see what happens after this. Verse 3, um, or verse 4, You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now here's the thing. This isn't uh, just the enemy speaking this. We have a world all around us. We have a culture all around us that are saying things that... Uh, God has said no to, and they're saying, no, that's a bunch of baloney. That, come, that doesn't come from God. That comes from weird religious people. You need to try this out. This is going to really bless you. You know, one of the things I've noticed into uh, some of our drug dispensaries that are popping up all their place. They got these great names like Thrive, you know. I'm going to thrive when I start taking more drugs. Yes. That's what the enemy does. It's like, no, this is going to be really good. You're going to really love life if you do this. We face it all around us. It happened in the very beginning. It continues to go on. How do we discern all this? we got to trust God. we got to look to Him. And uh, if you need to try some things out, well, I can't blame you. I did too. But what I come to find out over and over is that never, never does God tell me to stay away from something and I try it and it turns out good. It always turns out that it is, in fact, harmful for me and God knew what He was talking about. 
Verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So what did they do? They sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So here's where you see it immediately. What did they feel? Boom! Shame. It's what happens when we miss the mark. What's our immediate instinct? Cover up, okay? And so maybe that comes from blaming other people around you because that's a form of covering, you know? You're trying to, you know, cast the blame elsewhere so people aren't looking at you. But what does that not do? Well, number one, it doesn't deal with the actual problem. And number two, it also separates people who are close to you. Okay, because you're not casting blame on people that aren't around you. You're usually casting blame on the people who are actually trying to love you, just like I was doing this morning. Again, it's where my flesh went. I'm preparing to preach a message on shame, and I'm in the moment of trying to blame people who are loving me. This is real. It just it happens like that. So they felt the need to cover themselves. And again, they needed to cover themselves. Um, but God had a different idea. So it says in verse 8, when the cool evening breezes were blowing... And the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord among the trees. So I want you to catch that. They hid from the Lord. Listen, this is where we go to. We want to hide from the Lord. You need the Lord. The Lord is the only one who can deliver you. The Lord is the only one who can meet the needs that you have, okay? But here's what you also need to know. As you're going to see, God provides a way for you. But you must be willing to receive it. And that's what we're going to get into. Verse 9, The Lord called the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid I was afraid because I was naked. So all of a sudden, he's just, he's aware of himself in a way that he wasn't aware before. Who told you you were naked, the Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Now listen where he goes. The man replied, it was the woman you gave me. Right? Just what I was talking about before. Where do we go? Blame. That, not my fault. That, that, somebody else did it. Is that going to help Adam? No. He missed the standard. That doesn't help. He's, gotta, he, he's not in control of the woman. He's in control of himself. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Oh, the serpent deceived me. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, if you have kids, okay, or you are a teacher or something, you run into, I mean, if you deal with people, you, you run into this all the time. It's never anybody's fault. It's always somebody else, and you just keep going around this circle, and nobody ever stands up and says, okay, it was me. There's never healing unless you are willing to accept your guilt. 
I want you to hear this. You're going to hear us talking about God's love, and that love is for you. But listen to me. His forgiveness is for you. You cannot receive it unless you admit your guilt. There's no getting around that part. It doesn't come from saying, well, I'm not a perfect person. It comes from you saying, God, this is exactly what I've done. This is where I've failed you. And God says, child, I already know. And I've already provided a way. Do you want to receive it? And we're going to talk a little bit more again about what that is. So I'm going to skip over these curses because that's not what we're focusing on. Let's go down to verse 20. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Okay, so they had used fig leaves, but that's not enough. Because when you miss a standard, guess what? Others have to sacrifice in order to cover. That's what always happens. And so what happened here was animal skins. You know what that meant? Death. Somebody had to die and blood had to be spilt in order to cover for their sin. Now, this was a temporary covering, and you're going to read all through the Old Testament about these sacrifices that were given, and all of it was leading up to Jesus because none of these sacrifices would actually do. But what you need to know is that God has provided a covering for you, and it comes through Jesus. Someone had to die, blood had to be spilled, spilt okay and that's why you feel shame because it is serious it is real if you don't feel shame you are in a seriously bad place because it means that your conscience is so seared that you no longer feel the effects of sin and that's really bad and I get it. Sometimes we want to go to that place because we get tired of feeling the shame. But again, what I want to share with you this morning is there is another answer. So Jesus died. His blood was spilt. And that was so that you um, and your sins could be wiped away. But it goes beyond that. And that's what I want you to hear this morning. Because God provided a covering for you, And I want to share with you this morning what that is. And uh, there's several places that it's talked about, but I want to go to Isaiah 61.10. Isaiah 61.10. And I want you to hear what this says. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. He's overwhelmed. When you're feeling shame, uh, you're overwhelmed, but it's not with joy. It's the opposite. But this person is overwhelmed with joy in the Lord. Why? Because he's become a really good person? No. For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation, and he draped me in a robe of righteousness. Here's what I want to share with you. If you feel shame, it's the result of sin. But you need to know that God has paid for that, to have it removed. And not only that, He wants to put a robe of righteousness over you. 
Now, here's what I want you to hear about that. You cannot earn that. It is given to you. A robe of righteousness. And here's the thing about that robe of righteousness. It covers you and protects you from evil, but it does not separate you from God, but it actually enables you to be one with God, and it enables you to be one with other people. But you need to know this, because here's the place that the enemy tries to twist this up. You can't earn it, it's given. Now when it's given, here's what you've got to learn to do. If you've ever put on um, a, you know, a new suit of something that, that you've never uh, been in before, for instance, in my other job, you know, we wear body armor. If you're not used to that, you got to get used to walking around, sitting. you got to get used to how it feels. Well, guess what? When God puts that robe of righteousness on you, you've got to learn to walk in it. How do you walk in it? Well, you've got to learn to be open with the Lord. And you've got to learn that when the Lord points out things in your life that are not right, that are sin, you don't hide that. You don't cover it. You open it up and you say, yes, Lord, and you're open with it and you repent and then you continue to walk with this robe of righteousness. But when we um, try to cover up from the Lord and we're not honest with him, what happens is we're not able to walk in that righteousness. And one of the things that the enemy tries to do is he tries to convince us that somehow we, we've got to walk in our own righteousness, that somehow we've got to produce righteousness. Listen to me, you do not have to produce righteousness. You just have to be open and honest with the Lord, and the Lord will teach you how to walk in righteousness. This is really important, okay? I shared with many of you last week something that had happened in my life, okay? A fellow pastor that I went to Bible college with, uh, he was highly influential in my life. He was way more gifted than I am, way more intelligent than I am. He took his life. And one of the things that I was allowed to do was allowed to read some of his last words. And some of his last words were, he was overwhelmed with guilt and shame. Overwhelmed with guilt and shame. And he said, I believe I'm headed to hell. And it's such baloney. Because what was happening was, he was getting things twisted in his mind, and he wasn't understanding the gospel he was preaching. And you know why? Pride. He hid. He wouldn't talk. He wouldn't open up. I had shared with him some of the deepest struggles I've ever had. And when he went through trials, I tried to speak into him. I tried to be there as a friend. And you know what I got? This. Why? Because he wanted to always be the guy who was helping other people. He never wanted to be the guy who was being helped. And so he kept it in, and he kept trying to, you know, do better and do better. I'm going to do better on my own. Listen to me. You can't do better on your own. The way that you receive the righteousness of God is you begin to open up. 
and you got to open up to God. And then you know what? He's probably going to have you open up to other people. Now, that doesn't mean that you get on a, you know, a little milk crate and start telling everybody because there are people that you cannot trust. There are religious people around you who are pretending to walk with Jesus and they're not. And then they are just waiting for their opportunity to condemn you. Oh, you did what? Oh, that's awful. As I shared with you last week, that will not be the case here. Okay? Whatever you've done, God has provided. Now, now there, there may be consequences, okay? There are consequences. But you know what the consequences are if we just cover up and, and, and we never share anything and we just try to, you know, make things right in our own life? What happens is we fail. We're trying to produce our own righteousness instead of walking in the righteousness of God. Our thoughts start getting twisted in ways it wasn't twisted before. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to people, I will answer my own questions because it's like I just need to talk it out. And all of a sudden, things that I didn't understand when I'm just having thoughts in my own mind, as I'm speaking it out, I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> I mean, I know that. Why? Why, why, would, why did that not come to my mind? I'll tell you why. Because it's part of God's design. God wants to humble us. We all struggle with pride. Uh, that's part of the reason that we don't want to share our failures. Pride. Why did I feel overwhelming shame this morning when I wasn't here? Because I hate being seen as incompetent. I hate it. I want to be seen as the guy who always does what he says and never fails. Now, that's a good goal, okay? I'm not saying it's not, all right? Don't be a person who just says, oh, whatever, I don't care. But you know what? The path to me walking in the righteousness of God is that when I fail, I simply own up to it. And when I do that, and when I'm open, you know what? What I receive is the mercy of God. I receive the grace of God. Sometimes when you're in this dark place and, and you can't get out, the, the way you got to get out is you got you to open up and you got to be real about what's going on. And the enemy's telling you that if you do, you'll just be condemned. And he's telling you that so that you don't open up. But the way that you receive the grace and the righteousness of God is we open up. So this morning, do you know that grace? Do you know that righteousness? I don't care how long you've been in church, okay? Again, I just told you about a pastor friend of mine who was preaching the gospel every Sunday, but it wasn't clicking. Why? Because he wasn't being open. Well, this morning, if you've never opened up, if you've never received that righteousness, I just want to ask you to do that. Start with just sharing with the Lord, okay? If you need somebody to pray with you, I'm here, others are here. If you just want to pray yourself, that's fine. Nobody has to teach you how to talk to God, okay? You're able to talk to God. But this morning, if you've never made that decision, I want you to make that decision. I want you to reach out in the Lord. And then if you do, tell somebody, okay? Don't just keep it to yourself. Tell somebody. Open up. Don't allow the enemy to use the, the covering of shame to isolate you from the enemy and isolate you from others. It will end badly. God has so much more planned for you.
Father, thank you for the good plans that you have for us. Um, but Lord, you know that we battle uh, flesh and blood, or, or I'm sorry, Lord, we don't just battle flesh and blood, but Lord, we are battling spiritual powers. You know that. You are the only one who's able to overcome. We are not able to overcome ourselves. But as your word says, greater is he who is in us, those who choose you, Jesus, than he who is in the world. Lord, may we choose the path of humility before you so that we can be lifted up into your presence so that we can receive light. Lord, I pray for anyone here who's surrounded in darkness and they're just hiding I pray that they will take a risk and they will step out, Lord, towards your light. Because I know that what they're going to actually experience from you is love. And I pray protection uh, from in, for anyone, Lord, that, that the enemy would not be allowed to try to step in and condemn for those who would reach out, Lord, and would reach out for your love and your mercy. Lord, help us have courage to be real with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you